Guys, people, on today's show, we talk about how businesses and entrepreneurs have survived the pandemic with my guest, Latoya Early of Chase Great Enterprises. You can find her at CoachLatoya.com slash free training. And also, if you want her free PDF, Five Reasons Your Coaching Program Isn't Selling, all you got to do is email me, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com and put show notes in the subject box. I will respond with that. We also discuss pride, rejection, and validation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is episode 96, man. Did you realize that? We are on the road to episode 100, and I'm excited about it because y'all know that when I started this podcast, my mentality was, well, I'm going to give myself 12 weeks. And here I am. We are approaching two years um, on October 10th and episode 96. And I just want to take a quick little moment to thank everybody who has ever listened to this show, anybody who's ever shared the show, anybody who's ever donated, anybody who's ever talked about it, posted on Instagram, Facebook, um, every single guest we've had. Look, man, I just want to take a moment to appreciate you because this show is a huge part of my life. And I love the time and effort that I'm able to put into Inspire Guys people. And um, let's do a quick memory lane thought of the day or the week or however we want to say it. Just a quick memory lane thought. Maybe I'll do these random thoughts over the next couple of weeks as we head to episode 100. Today, I want to bring up my homeboy, Lavelle. Lavelle Neal, um, very early on, that's a good friend of mine. I reached out to him like, hey, man, you want to? Be on this podcast. I don't even remember which episode was his first one. We got to look at that. I got to go back and check it out. But um, Lavelle Neal came on this show, man, and we just literally ran with it. We freestyled it. We have never planned anything. Um, we created segments like deep conversations. Um, another Lavelle is what it really turned into. Um, the people want to know. Um, and if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you've heard Lavelle. He shared his story. But my homeboy, Lavelle Neal, thank you, bro, uh, for being a part of this show, uh, probably being a guest on the show uh, more than anybody else. I appreciate all your efforts and your energy um, and the time you invested into this show. And maybe you'll come back on again now that I'm giving you this shout out. Check out my homeboy, Lavelle Neal, at neildownproductions.com. I will put that in the link for the description of the show. And yeah, man, enough about you, brother, but shout out to you, your wife, and uh, my godson. You know, Emmanuel, much love to y'all. Lavelle puts all his business out on social media, by the way, guys. So I'm not telling anyone anything that they don't already know. Everybody knows my godson. Uh, they know what he looks like. I think he was born on Facebook. So uh, shout out to the Neil family. Love y'all. Now, today is going to be a dope show. Um, 
I'm not even going to do like a song and all this other stuff because I'm so excited to get on the line with Latoya early from Chase Great Enterprises. When we get together, it's always a crazy good conversation. And I know that today, based on what I want to discuss with her, it's going to go somewhere amazing. And I don't want to waste any time. But before that, let me just say this to you. If you are listening right now, which you must be because you hear what I'm saying, subscribe to the show, man. It's so helpful when you subscribe, um, when you rate the show, when you share the show with somebody. I'm telling you and I'm asking you like, I'm not telling you, I'm asking you. I can't tell you and ask you something. See, that's the kind of crazy stuff that happens on this show. I'm asking you to share the show with at least one person a week. Here's why. I genuinely believe people need this show. That's why I do it all the time for free. Because it's like, I think people need it. And it's part of my purpose. And like, I really have been hearing and seeing testimonies. Like, we're not playing with the stuff we talk about. I'm seeing it in my own life. I'm applying the things that I talk about here. And I'm literally seeing results. And I'm seeing so many of my listeners start new businesses, go on new ventures. And God is using y'all in amazing ways. So I want you to share that with someone. If you enjoy this show, share it. Just text it to somebody and say, if you want to be inspired, listen to this. And leave it at that. And if you don't like it, don't share it. I mean, it's as simple as that. If you don't like what I'm saying, number one, what's wrong with you? Why, why would you be listening? You know, let's have a... Why would you be listening to this and you don't like this? It's something wrong. You know, you got some major issue. Yes, you. Listen it. Yes. The one that, yes, you. All right. Anyway, let's do this, man. Y'all know I love this little intro theme song. Like the little, and I do. Is it weird that I love it and I produced it and it's me on there talking, rapping, singing, whatever? I know that's weird, but can we almost at episode 100, man? Can I show myself some love? You know what I'm saying? Um, Let's do it. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me, and I'm gon' talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose. What's up, guys, people? I'm excited about today's show, man. I got a, a repeat uh, guest on the show. This is somebody I interviewed back on episode 64. That, you know, very quickly went to a top 10 listen to episode on this show that was entitled Generational Choices, Mindset, Value and Change. I have none other than Latoya Early from Chase Great Enterprises on the line. What up, Toya? How you feeling? What's going on? So excited to be before your amazing audience on today. Welcome back, man. They seem to like you, I guess. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, like they they, they like Toy. I got a lot of great feedback uh, from the you show know, you're on. Sometimes I have that effect on people, so you know, uh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not I'm not <laughs> mad at you. I'm not mad at all. No, look, I'm excited to jump into this conversation today. Um I really just wanted to talk to you about like, you know, this idea of like problems creating opportunities. That's been something that I've been living by before this year. But I found myself saying it a lot this year just because there were so many quote unquote problems. I wanted to like keep reminding myself and my audience and anybody around me, like not to let these problems consume you and always look for the opportunities and problems. So I just really wanted to talk about that topic with you today. And then more like, I guess more specifically, maybe we could start with just like 
how have you been doing from a business perspective during this pandemic? You know, being someone who is a full-time entrepreneur, which is a tough thing to do, how have you survived? How have you managed? You know, what are some of the positives, some of the negatives? Let's kind of just start start there, like a temperature check on Chase, Chase Great Enterprises during 2020 and the pandemic. Man, so first, this is a loaded um, question. You know, it's loaded because, you know, last year we were all sitting, fourth quarter of 2019, we're all sitting and we're trying to, you know, determine what our 2020 would look like. And especially for us entrepreneurs, how are we going to make our income? What are some programs we're going to launch? What are some products we're going to launch? And so last year, we were sitting and really trying to map out what 2020 would look like. Then we go into 2020, and boom, it's nothing <laughs> like any of us had ever right. imagined. You know, So not just business owners have taken a hit, but families, you know, people working in their corporate careers, nine to five. And I won't even say that the hit was a bad hit for everyone. If, if I had to share, you know, my experience of 2020, I see a lot of memes and people are saying, you know, um, they don't want to repeat 2020. And not to discredit any of those who have been you know, hit traumatically or anyone who had a bad experience of 2020. But I'll be quite honest, 2020 has been one of my top earning years in the eight years that I've been coaching. So I can't really say that, you know, it's been terrible. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, it, it, it has had its distractions. It's, it, it has had its ups and downs. But for the most part, when the pandemic hit, it was really like an urge for me to put on my boots and to really push my way through. So my perspective of what happened this year was really different than most people. Okay, I like that. So, and let me do this for us both, because I want us to be able to talk free in this conversation, and I want the listeners to be free. So I'm going to give us all a disclaimer. Everybody who's mm -hmm. listening all around the world, you know, all the countries, you know, shout out to everybody who listens in several countries a week. Look, when we talk about this on this show today, this is my commercial, right? When we talk about this today, we are in no way, shape or form trying to be offensive about anyone who's been sick, anyone who's had a family member that has been sick, a friend has been sick and or has passed away. We are not in any way making light of people's lifestyles and people who have lost jobs and been furloughed. So as you consume this information, I want you to, I want to free you from the idea that we are some people who are not empathetic, who are, you know, we're supposed to be Christians and I can't believe they're talking about the business or the <laughs> money. We mm -hmm. want to free you from that because we are very well aware of that. And if I'm being honest, there are more than enough news channels and media that is going to remind you of everything that's going wrong in the world today and going to continue to remind you of that. Unfortunately, you are not going to ever be able to come out of your problems by recognizing only the problem within the problem within the problem. So yeah. we love you. We care about you. We can have a side conversation or email if needed. We can pray with you. We are not making light of anything. But I want to free everybody. We need freedom to be able to talk about what we want to talk about today. 
and make sure that people now, now if you're offended beyond that, I'm sorry, but we have to talk freely. Um, that's the only way that we're going to be able to help some people who've been convinced that this is a horrible year. And we yeah. need to remind pe people from a biblical perspective, um, you know, about the way that God has designed us to deal with uh, challenges in life. So, yeah, that's my disclaimer. Hopefully it's well received. It is from the bottom of my heart that I say um, nothing that we're saying is intended to offend or make offend or make light of anyone. And so we are about to talk freely about problems, creating opportunities. Um, we are well aware that there are problems, but we are trying to get out of the hole. <laughs> like we are not. Our intention is not to see you in a hole and help you and go grab a shovel shovel and help you dig deeper. Our intention is to show you an opportunity if you're in a hole or if someone's trying to convince you that you're in a hole. So now, now that we're done with that. You okay, said, you know what? Go ahead. That was the bomb disclaimer. And if I can add, yes. I hope that your listeners use this time that we, you know, move throughout this dialogue as a piece of encouragement. Um, because there is so much in the media that is, that is, you know, designed to discourage us is designed to bring doubt. And so I would love for, you know, the listeners to listen to this show with a different perspective, listen to it with a different ear so that you can use the content to encourage you to move forward in whatever type of um, storm that you have to endure, whether or not it's media inflicted or whether or not it's, you know, lifestyle inflicted. But that was a pretty cool disclaimer. And I love what you added too, like, Listen from a different perspective. It reminds me of like, I don't wear glasses, thank God. You know, and I did go to the eye doctor this year before COVID and I'm still close to perfect vision. Like, I'm like, ooh, and one eye is like, ooh, you could uh, potentially, you don't need glasses. Because if I'm being real, this is what I was trying to do, okay? I'm gonna just confess on the show. I really want like, I really want some Ray-Bans. Um, and I really <laughs> want, I want some glasses. I just don't want to pay for them. So I was thinking that my insurance, like there was a way that I could get if the glasses on the insurance. Non-prescription. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. If I get the prescription because I don't, I don't really need it. My fear is that I can weaken my eyes. I was like, no, I'm Absolutely. good on that. I'm not going to weaken my eyes because I don't want to spend, you know, $300 for some sunglasses. But that's just a lot of money when you used to buy sunglasses at the kiosk at the mall for $15. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go ahead and reward yourself and get you these sunglasses, okay? Uh, okay, I'm going to pray about it. When we get a real summer again, see, we ain't do no traveling. If I'm about Ray-Bans, I never wear sunglasses at home. I, I only act like that when I'm out of town and I'm feeling like I got to be like on in Miami or something and, you know, the Bahamas and have on some sunglasses and I can feel like I'm on vacation. But I can't Hilarious. wear sunglasses just in, in the, at, at the crib. It, it don't feel right to me. Um, I know that's Terrible. weird. So, but you said a couple good things. Like, number one, you said this has been your top earning year since you started coaching eight years ago. So you're telling me in the last eight years, from a financial perspective on your business, 2020 has been the most lucrative year of your career. Absolutely. All right. So tell us how, like what, what happened? Like what happened to increase your revenue during 2020? So one of the things that I noticed, you know, what I did during that time is I, when, when everything, you know, started to shut down in March, 
I didn't use that opportunity as a fallback method. You know, I didn't use that time to take cover. The pandemic really never made me fearful, to be honest. Um, even when, you know, everything started to shift, people started to, you know, operate out of fear, people were being laid off, it still never triggered any type of fear in me. So it really kind of catapulted me into the industry and even further, because in my mind, it made me really realize that there are a lot of people who are depending on their nine to five. There are a lot of people who are depending on a biweekly paycheck. And so this is a, an opportune time for us to take your gift, take what God has given you to do and maximize on it. Learn how to create an additional stream of income. Learn how to be the support or the help to someone else. So like I said, I did, instead of allowing the media specifically, but allowing the media to distract my vision for 2020, it really catapulted it. And it was because I refused to let the media put me in a place of doubt or fear. And so I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, even though they didn't mean to, um, they didn't, they, none of the entrepreneurs, especially those who have brick and mortar, like they didn't sit down and say, okay, let me fall back. You know, I'm going to close down my business right. and I'm going to know that I won't be able to. But I will say that in so many instances, we could have just been a little bit more innovative. You know, there's a lot of brick and mortars who could have transferred online and created a thriving online business. But because the shift and the pivot was so rapid, I don't think that people were prepared for it. And I'm just grateful that God ministered to me on that day and, you know, prepared me to move forward aggressively versus, you know, allowing media to cause me to sit still or to go and, you know, prepare for, for the worst, for what they wanted us to prepare for. Yeah. All right, so no, that make a lot of sense. Um, you, for you, you're saying like, it made you dig in deeper to your business. It and, did. It did. That's an interesting thing to me because I kind of feel like that in general with with any type of adversity, it's like fight or flight. When adversity yeah. comes, it either makes you want to engage the adversity more, or just run away from it. And so part of this for you was like this pandemic came and it put us all in a place to to figure out like and I've talked to a lot of people about this. A lot of people this year had to really figure out who they were. Like, I feel like I've yeah. learned a lot about myself this year because of some of the adversity that has kind of came about in the world. It, you, you made a quote um, just in talking that I think is real dope. I'm kind of remixing it because you didn't say it exactly like this, but you basically said it happened quick and they weren't prepared. So yeah. I, I think that's something for us to think about. Like this pandemic came out of nowhere. It did, but, but check this out. The thing is, and, and this is so ironic that we're having this discussion because I've been sharing this in my community. We prepare, you know, when we when we first started talking about 2020, everybody was excited because what does 2020 mean? You know, clear yep. vision and, you know, all of this is going right. to happen with vision. 
And so what God told me or how the Holy Spirit ministered to me about 2020, he said, I, 2020 means being able to see 20 feet ahead, you know, clear vision, 20 feet ahead, that's 2020 vision. And, and the more that I learned about this, I learned that there's actually a better quality of vision that a person can have, but for the sake of right. 2020 vision, he said, I never changed the vision. But I never told people that they weren't going to have to exercise this vision in the middle of a snowstorm. Yeah, I love that. You automatically think that because it's snowing, and we know that snow impairs vision. So for those of you who've never driven in snow before, right? you want to look at snow, you want to be in snow, I don't understand why. Not me but, at all. I'm <laughs> at dreading all. it coming this year. I am not at all excited about it. But for those of you who've never driven in snow, this is why it was hard for you to pivot because you you weren't equipped to push yourself regardless of the distractions that was around you. And again, and not saying, you know, for those who may have suffered from the pandemic health wise, but even for some of the businesses I believe, and, and I hope that it's not offensive, you know, to anyone, but I do believe that if you had to put on your protective goggles and push forward a little more, you probably would have been able to find a brand new part of you. Like you would have discovered no doubt. an innovative portion of who you are in a way that you've never seen before. No doubt. And we already gave our disclaimer, so, so they should be good by now. Look, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes the truth hurts. And if it hurts, it's to make you better. It's not to make you feel bad. And I think, like, number one, you reminded me, talking about the 2020 vision, why I ever brought up going to the eye doctor and all that. And it was because you said, listen today from a different perspective. And the point I was going to make is, like, you go to the eye doctor and realize some people have glasses because they are farsighted. Some are nearsighted. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. you need reading glasses. Like, my wife, she wear glasses. But I don't know what they for because she don't always have them on. They, they for certain situations. And so today we need you, you to put on your glasses. That's for an inspiring situation. Like these are this is a particular perspective that we need you to have today that you're listening from. And I think you're going to get something out of this because, Toya, as you talking and talking about this ability to see 20 feet ahead. Ironically, the book that I'm the audio book that I'm listening to right now. It's called Your Next Five Business Moves by Patrick Bed David. Mm -hmm. And it's a great book because, and I'm halfway done, but he's talking a lot about like anybody who is not thinking at least five steps ahead cannot be successful in business. Like this is a business yeah. book. So it's like what you're talking about and what we came into 2020, like you said, with all the cliches was, oh, clear vision and this and that. But if we being real with ourselves, the reason this pandemic from a business or purpose perspective um, or self-development perspective knocked some of us off so bad is because we were only looking one step ahead. That's it. That's it. You cannot make That's it in it. business doing that. And so here's so the second part of like, so for you having a big year, was there any one particular let all right, I want to ask this question right. You ever like know something ahead of time by faith and you stand on it. And then when it happens, it's a fulfilling situation It's satisfying because you knew you it's kind of like not not an I told you so moment to other people, 
but more so to yourself. Like I told you to stay, this was the right move. Was there Listen. anything that you did that, that helped shape this year that you made a decision before this year? So I did a prayer call every year. Well, for the past, I'm not going to say every year, but for the past few years, I've been invited to do a prayer call. And I'm always asked to teach and pray on entrepreneurship. This current year, I was told to share that this is the year. And I can remember this word as clear as day, that this was the year that coaches will maximize like never before. Like this is the year where you can't sit on your gift as a coach because this is the year that people are going to need you. You're going to be able to plant and harvest in the same season. Now, we know when you just think about, you know, planting an planting a apple tree, that that tree does not harvest in the same year. But when I tell you that during my prayer time back in February, now, no, God never, you know, told me anything about this pandemic. I wasn't prepared for it at all. But he did tell me that this was not the time to hide behind you know, your insecurities and your doubts, that this is the year that your businesses, your coaching businesses is going to skyrocket because people are going to look for the solutions that you have to their problem. And so, of course, I, I took it with compassion, but I really took it with a grain of salt because I'm like, that's what I do, Lord. You know, I'm always ready and waiting to support someone and help someone build and so forth. But when everything began to take a turn for the left, it, it was reminded to me, this is what God was talking about. This is where he had already prepared. And if I can use this story, um, a year ago, March 2019, I had a full office. I had a suite with about seven different offices in it. That was a and nice office, I, too. Listen, I miss my office, but let me tell you, I used to go into this office and pray like, Lord, I want this office. This would be so great. For, this would be so awesome for Chase Gray. And maybe July 2019, God told me to put everything online. He said, put all of your courses, put all of your trainings online. Now, back in July 2019, I was super ignorant to the digital world. Like, I had no idea how to do this. What are you telling me to do? Because all I knew was brick and mortar. So I figured you had to have an office. You had to have a physical location. I had no idea of online, making online income. So in July 2019, I put everything online. March 2019, he told me to close my office. I was in a two-year lease. My leasing, who I was with, my, who I was with, um, you know, the office with, they would not let me out of my lease. They told me the only way I can get out of my lease is if I found somebody to replace my lease, if I found somebody to move in. When I tell you God swooped somebody in to move into my office and I was moved out of there in probably like three days, I'm like, oh my, all this time I've been praying for this office and now you're telling me to get rid of it. Like, what's going on, Lord? Yep. A year to date, the pandemic happened. Now, now if me, I had still been in that office, where would I be right now? Now, here's the thing, right? And here's what I wanna, want people to really take a moment to think about with this situation. I remember that, you know, obviously I've been at the office several times. I rented out the office for an event myself. That office was in a nice part of the neighborhood, out right outside of the city. It was a beautiful, like you said, a suite. That office was so cold. Several offices within there. The, I mean, it was nice. 
And I remember um, when you were first leaving the office, right? And there's this feeling of like, man, like for real, y'all, like y'all leaving the office. It's almost like we don't realize sometimes when God is creating the opportunity for us, especially when he does it so far in advance. Like sometimes yeah. we're we're feeling down and out about something that we don't know is an opportunity. Now, here's the reason it was an opportunity. It freed you up a year in advance and put you on a fast track to have to become comfortable with digital a year before it was going to be relevant for you to actually now a year later, everyone has to be doing digital and people who have an office, unfortunately renting office space is it, it was a waste of money for several months this year because you couldn't go in there and you couldn't get revenue. And so for you, something that at the time could have been looked at as a, a down moment. Um, I don't want to failure is a strong word, but you get what I'm saying. Like it could have been looked at as something negative and you could have been questioning something, but a year later it makes total sense because once the pandemic happened, you were already like out of the office, home working, home office, all your setup. And you like, wait a minute, I don't have to make no changes really other than, some tweaks to my business plan for my um events and make my events virtual. So, and then that led to the most lucrative year of your career, which I'm sure part of that is because you were no longer paying a lease. Not just because I wasn't, but you made a, a very good point. Not only because I wasn't paying a lease, but because my mindset was in a different space. So mind you, uh, March 2019 and before, I was so busy trying to generate income to pay bills. Now, I wasn't generating yeah. income to live. I was generating income because I had a $1,200 rent at this office. I had home expenses. I had still had other business expenses. So I'm trying to create, you know, a $5,000 budget, which still didn't include LaToya being free and right. enjoying the fruits of her labor. And so that year that God pulled me out of the office and made me sit at home was the year that he shifted my, my entire mindset. He shifted my mindset about money. He shifted my mindset about being remote. And learning how to, as you said before, operate on in this online market, how to maximize. It just, there was just so many different things that I don't think I would have learned or I would have given myself the opportunity to learn if I wasn't obedient. Just think about it. What looked like a problem was really an opportunity. That, that's was. what I need people to understand. It looked like a problem when you were moving out of your office. I would imagine it, you know, I can't imagine that people don't like you out there, but I'm sure somebody don't like you. And if somebody somebody. doesn't like you, right. Like them finding out that you were moving outside of your, out of your office to them could have been like, see, yeah, how, how, let's just be real. How do we feel sometimes when something that looks like a failure, especially in front of people who don't like us, it feels like, Oh man, why is this happening to me? But if you get over that, and like you saying, Toya, change your mindset and see things differently and let God work. Th this problem, what, what the world sees as a problem, could really be an opportunity. And when I think about just biblically, all of the, like when I think about David slaying Goliath, when I think about 
Moses um, leading the people of Israel across the Red Sea. When I think about Noah building the ark, those are all miraculous moments, but the core of them are rooted in problems. Yeah. Like Goliath was killing people. He was coming here to conquer. Like they were coming to take over. And because of this problem, it created an opportunity for a David to rise up. And and that's sometimes what what happens in this life. And this is something that's been on my mind all year is that you don't really know who the real leaders are. You don't really know the essence of who people are until things are happening around them that cause their true character to come out. I agree. I I totally agree. And if you don't, if you're not willing and ready to check yourself when that started to, you know, when you start seeing your true character, because one thing that I did notice about myself is I was stuck in three areas and these were areas that were subtle. I was stuck in pride. I was stuck in rejection and I was stuck in validation. And I didn't really give myself uh, time to recognize these areas because I was constantly moving, constantly going. So I figured, you know, as long as I stay committed to the process, as long as I stay committed to the journey, these issues that I'm stuck in won't surface. Well, in that year that I was home, things shifted. And so my problems began to surface and show themselves like this is why you've had a hard time growing in your business because of X, Y, and Z. And so those things, once they show up, you have to be man enough or woman enough to check yourself. If you can't check yourself, then there's no way you'll be open and receive information from someone else. And so that's probably one of the the biggest lessons that I learned even over the past 24 months with the pandemic included is if I'm not willing to, and it's so funny, my dad when he would teach, he would always use the song by Michael Jackson. You know, first I take a look at the man in the mirror. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to look at yourself to examine those areas and figure out, okay, what is causing, what's causing this? What's the root to this? Then you're going to find it really hard to grow and excel in anything. You got to check yourself before you bless yourself. That's good. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good. That's so corny, silly. It's, it's super corny. <laughs> It's super corny. It's the corniest thing I could have thought of. Um, you got to check yourself before you bless yourself. I can hear a, a, a 55-year-old preacher preaching that saying and feeling that. so good about themselves when they saying that. Uh, y'all forgive me for ever making that statement on my show. Um, Hilarious. All right, so a couple things. like Because I want to definitely unpack what you said. Pride, rejection, validation. I want to unpack those things. Um, I think before I do that, though, I want to just throw out these businesses because I was like just Googling businesses that were started during a recession at any point in life. Right. Because that's the other thing. The other thing is like we always or we often heighten our own problems and make them seem like the worst problems ever known to man. And we completely ignore history and the rest of life. People who came before us other countries, other nationalities. Like there have been so many problems in the world. And one thing that I find is that locate any problem and you will find someone who turned it into an opportunity. And so I was just looking at businesses that were created during the recession. So I'm going to just name a few of them 
and then we can get back to unpacking um, those three things. But here are just some businesses that were created during recessions. Netflix, founded in 1997. Airbnb, founded in 2008. Trader Joe's, 1958. Microsoft, 1975. Sports Illustrated, 1954. MTV, 1981. General Electric, 1876. Mostly everyone knows all of those names. Those are major businesses and corporations, multi-billion dollars uh, industries and and, uh, streams of revenue over the course of their existence. And they have one thing in common. They were all created during a recession. Problems create opportunities. Let me ask you, like, before we get back to the prior rejection and validation, why, what do you think it is? Like, all right, why? Why do recessions provide a great opportunity for people to create businesses? Well, I believe that it forces you to become resourceful. And it gives you a time to regain control over your over the way you think about money. Um, the and, and this is definitely telling my age, but the last recession that we had, I was probably just entering into college. So I wasn't really affected by that. I had never really experienced what a recession would look like. Most times it's been our parents, our grandparents, you know, who had to experience some sort of financial shift pertaining to their houses and their cars and so forth. So I had never experienced anything like that. So with this being, you know, one of the major events of my lifetime, it wasn't a time that it caused me to panic or it it didn't cause me to be afraid. And so I think that, you know, those who were able to birth in the middle of a recession is because they were able to pivot. They were ready to regain control over the way they thought about money and the way that they thought about earning money. Because if you think about it in a recession, especially during the pandemic, everything stopped. It was either you call unemployment and hope for, you know, the money that they give you, you wait for a stimulus check or you go and figure it out on your own. Yeah. And that really will separate. That's what separates people. That's, that's what separates um, the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs, you know, the innovators yeah. and, you know, those who just dream but don't do. You know what? Like, you you said a lot of good stuff. What What I really take away is a recession causes you or forces you to change and adapt if you want to be successful. You know, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And a lot of times what happened during a recession or this year in a pandemic, it actually created an opportunity for you to think differently and, and to be okay. So I'll give you an example. There were like, you know, you got a lot of industries that, uh, work from home. I've always been a combo worker or not always, probably the last eight or nine years. I've had combo jobs where I work some variation of at home on the road and at an office, but never one particular thing. Um, nothing where you have to like, oh, I have to be in the office this particular day. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a lifestyle 
that it, that I'm very used to and also know how to be productive in this lifestyle because there are a lot of people who think, oh, I just want to work from home. People have been saying this to me for years. Like, oh, they think it's just all this freedom or whatever, but it actually requires more discipline. It actually it requires does. you to be more responsible. So my point is this. It does. When this pandemic happened, so many people were forced to learn how to work from home who never worked from home before. Now, for some people like myself and a lot of others, not saying it, it, it changed. It's still even different, right, than, than usual because you take the office completely away. You took the traveling away. But at the very least, I knew how to be productive working from home. I understand um, the responsibility and discipline that it takes to be successful at home. But a lot of people didn't have that. And I think what happened is if you could not adapt as a business in this particular environment, you were going to fail. I saw it with restaurants yeah. left and right. If you had a restaurant, it wasn't necessary that you have a, a website where you can order online necessarily or um, have delivery. There were a lot of restaurants who felt like, and I've talked to restaurant owners before who've said like, look, we don't need, you know, online. We don't, we're good, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This pandemic happened and it forced people to have to now go and learn how to have an online business. But if you were a restaurant who were ahead of the curve or a business owner who said ahead of time, no, I'm going to learn this new skill. We're going to become good at it now. Then you are able to succeed in this environment. So ultimately, my point is we have to be able to see ahead so that we could be prepared for whatever it is to come. And I, I believe that that's all a part of what I would consider vision planning. So at the end of each year, you should be, you should sit down and and perfect example was, you know, your next five business moves, but you should be able to sit down and map out your year. You know, what is it that you're going to do? How are you going to grow? One thing that I have incorporated into my vision planning for every year is, you know, who am I going to hire that's going to help me get to the next level? What is it that I need to do to get to the next level? Am I okay with being, um, you know, being complacent or what is the overall goal how much and i think that once we get a groove and once we you know gain consistency we're creating income we're hitting our revenue goals that that desire to go further or to go bigger it challenges your way of thinking so either it's i don't need to go that big because you know it's not necessary or i just don't need it or if i go that big it's going to require too much and so this is where business owners, for those of, you know, for the ones that were able to survive the pandemic, now it's time to figure out, okay, if you were able to survive the pandemic, then you have something good. And so now it's time for you to decide, am I going to just lay here and be complacent or am I going to do what's required so that if this comes back, Prayerfully, it doesn't. But if it comes back, I'm prepared. I'm even more prepared. Yeah. And I'm not operating out of fear. And that's something that's so important because, and I'm just being real with the listeners, I struggled with that in the past, even in my corporate job, because it was always hard for me to see ahead because it was like I had my, I had this mentality that I was thinking, no, I just, I got to leave the options open. 
And I was mm -hmm. misunderstanding the purpose of planning is not to eliminate options. It's actually to make sure that you're working towards something so that when options come, you're a little more clear and agile, right? So kind of like I talked about with the restaurants, you need to be thinking about online ordering before a pandemic, not during a pandemic, because it's Absolutely. a lot harder to figure things out when you're in it. And so some of us, I think what it comes down to is you need to start vision planning to, to Toya's point, not to limit yourself. So like, all right, there's something I do. I've been doing this at least for five years now. I have something um, called an executive profile. It's like a small, um, you know, PowerPoint presentation of like five slides that is um, about me, my career. I update this annually and it has like, you know, so I might have pictures of different um, one page is like my leadership and community work. So I do a lot of volunteering I have through the years, whether it be helping Habitat for Humanity build a house or going to gleaners to pack food. These are all things that I've been doing behind the scenes for years. And, you know, I have pictures and things like that. So there's a page that talks about that. There's one page that talks about my lifestyle and interests. My personality has a picture of my wife, all these things in my career path. And what I do is I update this annually so that if a career opportunity came out of nowhere today, I could easily send this presentation deck to a hiring manager or someone who does not know me right? You never met me personally. You just heard about me, heard about the work I do. I can easily send you this, give you a five minute snapshot of who I am and be prepared for an opportunity versus what do most of us do? Opportunity comes. I need to update my resume. Yep. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Something, if, one, something, if I could piggyback on that, yep, something ahead. that I've learned is don't make a decision based on where you are. They make the decision based on where you want to be. Oh, so, so you dope. need to be creating opportunity. When I'm when I'm sitting and I'm planning, you know, I'm planning out my week. I'm planning because I plan in quarters. I plan weekly. When I'm sitting and I'm planning, I'm planning for opportunity because I don't know what can happen. So I want to make sure my systems are up to date. I want to make sure you know my aesthetics look a certain kind of way. I want to make sure my SEO is catching the right keywords because I'm preparing for opportunity. If I only work, you know, based on what things look like right now, then I'll be limited. But I'm ready for, you know, a, a company to come in and, you know, contract us out and do X, Y, and Z. Or I'm ready for someone, I'm ready for the, um, the income, the consistency and the enrollment to come flowing in because the systems are already in place. I'm not operating based off of who I am, I'm operating based off of who I'm projecting myself to become. And I think that, you know, with entrepreneurs in general, we have to stop looking at our circumstances with our natural eye. We know what God showed us. When I first started this business, I know what God showed me without a shadow of a doubt. The, the issue or the challenge comes in is me keeping focus on what God showed me and not on what my circumstances are showing me. Man, you know what? And, and I want to say this, you know, this is a perfect time for a, a brief commercial break, you know, like to let people know um, you're going to be sharing um, a PDF um, file today for anyone who wants this file. 
Uh, just shoot me an email, Music at gmail.com. I'll send it over to you. I will uh, copy Toya in the email. So you have her email address as well. But she's going to send over a PDF file um, that is about five reasons your uh, five reasons your coaching program isn't selling. It's about niche marketing. But I would tell you just based on the conversation we're having today, um, as you see, there are a lot of principles in the business that she has that really applies to everything that we're doing as Christian entrepreneurs and business people. So again, that's five reasons your coaching program isn't selling. Um, and this is free, just something Toya is providing to the listeners today. So email me, Music at gmail.com. Uh, look at the links um, for the description of this show. It'll have Toya's websites in there. It'll have my websites, my email. Um, however you listen in, if it's on Apple Podcasts or anything like that, make sure you leave ratings for the show. Uh, and let us know how we doing, man. And one more little uh, brief announcement I have. That's a sidebar. Um, I told y'all a little bit about this on last week's episode, but I created um, a profile on, I think you say uh, as coffee, K K O dash F I dot com uh, slash inspire guys people. So go to coffee.com K O dash F I dot com and search inspire guys people. And what I've done is I'm going to start creating exclusive content for my um, donators and supporters. I've had a few people who have donated um, generously to the show. Um, and we've used those funds for, to enhance the show, um, advertising, marketing, equipment for the show. But people have done that behind the scenes. I've appreciated it. And I don't know these people. Like, ironically, uh, all the people who, who've, um, who've donated, at least at the time of the donation, I, didn't, I did not know them personally at all. Um, and some of them, I still have no idea who they are and I appreciate you. Um, but what I'll say is like, I wanted to make sure I was providing value. If you're going to donate to the show, then if we could do it more officially, what will happen is I can create some videos and some content and maybe some special episodes just for you, or at least you get them first. So that's what's happening on coffee.com, ko-fi.com, search Inspire Guys People. Um, and then you can see um, our first goal is built around our uh, brand vision uh, development, actually, as we're talking about this vision planning, um, our brand vision development. Um, I'm planning to work with an international designer um, over in, I believe, the UK is where he is. And um, this is the designer I want to design my brand uh, vision. I follow him. I've seen his work. I've talked to him. And uh, it's kind of expensive. It's like uh, $2,600 to do what I want to do. And uh, I figured that's what the first program is going to be around. So, yeah, coffee.com, K-O-F-I.com. Look for Inspire Guys people. I sent out an email last week and definitely put the wrong link in the email. So that just uh, charged that to me being busy. But, yeah, back to what Toya was saying. Sorry about that. You know, this idea that, like, you have to plan for where you want to go. Don't plan for where you are. I love that, Toya, because... What that is saying to someone is if you're only thinking about who you are today, you're not thinking hard enough. Yeah. So how and do if you you're only thinking about who you I'm sorry. If no, you're only ahead. thinking about who you are today, then you're only expecting to be where you are today. Like, where is the room for growth? So and I think this is important. So I want I want to I want to spend some time. I don't want to breeze past this because my guess is most people are or not most, a lot of people are struggling with this. They're struggling with what's in front of them and who they are in this very moment. And they cannot get past 
whether it be their own mistakes, whether it be their own flaws and shortcomings, because we all have them. Guess what? You listening to this show, you listen every week, and you love Inspire Guys people, and you think Jermaine is dope, and he's inspiring. And guess what? Jermaine has so many flaws. I have so many flaws. I've had to overcome so many things um, and constantly overcoming mental hurdles, uh, different things by the grace of God, right? That's the Bible. The, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is what gets me through all of these things and biblical principle. Um, more than business, more than money is the Bible. But Toya, I want to ask you, give us like just at least two, what are two of the ways when you talk about thinking about the Toya of the future? Question number one, how, how far in advance do you think when you think about who you want to become as it relates to your vision planning? Is it five years, 10 years? Like how far do you go? Man, that's a good question. I probably, and, and I, I don't, I don't put this on paper as in length of time, but now that we are talking this through, when I plan, I'm planning for financial consistency throughout my children's um, teenage years through adult years. So I would say about 10 years, you know, when I'm planning for who I'm to become, I'm planning between now and 10 years from now. And the specific driving force for you, at least based on the example you gave, and I think this is important because, you know, you always hear, you know, what's your why and, um, you know, knowing your why. Uh, my younger brother, Nehemiah, has um, some shirts, some T-shirts. I got a couple of them. I got to post some pictures. Um, but he has, like, just a quote, like, what's your why on there? I think it's important mm -hmm. to identify, like, why am I doing this? Why am I even thinking ahead and vision planning? And it sounds like for you, it's about that legacy for your children. It is. Absolutely. You know what, though? It's so funny that we say this because I talk to, you know, people all the time, and I'm always asking, what's your why? And I hear a lot of parents say that their why is their children. And so I, I'm the one that always, you know, have to be the one to throw, throw something in different. I don't okay. believe that people's why are their children. Now, why I plan the way I plan, yes, it's because of my children, because, of course, I want to create legacy. I want to be the one to break generational curses. I want to establish a nice, healthy foundation financially for my children. But they aren't my why. And I say that because I believe that whether or not I had children or not, this is what God would have called me to do. And so I always encourage parents, because your children are going to grow up. My babies are, they're babies now, but they're going to grow up. They're not going to want to be bothered with me. They're going to leave me and meet and tell us to go mind our own business. <laughs> so does that mean that I stop pursuing? Does that mean that I stop growing? And so this isn't, you know, of course, to to shift the conversation, but no, I, I just it. encourage parents, you know, don't make your children your why. They're, they're going to grow up and they're going to not want to listen to you. They're going to not want to be around you. You're going to have those growing pains. And if you're conditioning your business based off them, then that's an emotional pull. That's a, a give or take. But if you establish your why behind why God created you with or without kids, with or without a husband or a wife, I know that God brought me into this world to do what I'm doing. And so, of course, my children and my husband are added to that. They're bonuses, amazing bonuses. But when you're building that vision plan, I want you to think about the people, you know, that one of the things, and it's so funny, I'm in a, 
I'm in a money mindset program, a coaching program right now. And one of the uh, questions that we've been working through, we've been, you know, breaking down some money mindset barriers and really kind of thinking some things through. And one of the things that I recognize about myself is I want to be a lender. I, I want to be a yeah. lender. I want to help people. I want to be able I want someone to call me and we're talking and they can't get Christmas gifts or food for their families. And I'm like, what's your cash at? You know, like, that's amazing. why are we still having this conversation? I you literally, know, and so that's the why. No, I love that. First, I want to say we couldn't be more different in that regard. I literally don't want people to call me and ask me for money at all. Like, this is... <laughs> So anybody who was going to call me, like, please call Toya, like, right now at, you know, whatever. I was about to joke around with a number, but that would have been somebody's real number. Um, right. No, no, look, I like what you're saying from this perspective. Like, we got to, you got to figure you out. Like, sometimes, yeah. like you said, like, sometimes because kids are the easy thing, and I get it. Don't get me wrong. I do understand that there, that can be a driving factor in different situations. But you made some good points. Like, these kids going to get older. They going to grow up. They going to move out. Your purpose don't move out with the kids. Whatever God called you to do doesn't, doesn't you know, come and go with the kids. And so I do think it's important for people to know themselves and do something for them and, and ask yourself, like, like, sometimes, and that's something else, this pandemic, I mean, come on now. If you never spent as much time, look at yourself. it made you look Listen. at yourself. So you got to, I had to sit down so many times and ask myself, all right, Jermaine, what are you about? Like, who are you? What are you made of? Um, one of the first things that happened for me was even like the topic of this show today. Problems create opportunities. If it's a first time listener, they might feel like, oh man, that's like, maybe that's a little tasteless to talk about this during this time. But if it's a person that's been listening to me the whole time, you can go back 20 episodes ago. Like, this is what I was talking about. Even when you think about pre-pandemic, listen to my episodes of this show, the guests I had on, what we were doing. Pre-pandemic, we were inspiring God's people. And you know what happened for me, Toya? Immediately when the pandemic hit, the Lord put on my heart, I want you to do what I've been had you doing. And because mm -hmm. I found myself in a position when everything happened, like, okay, do I change the whole, like, is it, is it taste like not in good taste to talk about inspiring people in the midst of a pandemic? And it was like, no, I, this is what you, this is what we planned for. This is why you were inspiring God's people to start off. Now they need it the most. It's not time for you to try to become everybody else and morph into every other voice and every other show. Let everybody else do what they're doing, but you got to do this. And, and my overall point is that you have to allow God to set you on a path and you got to go down that path and you got to do that and know you on that path. You can't blame nobody else. All oh, the kids don't understand you. Husband, wife don't understand you. Like you got to be willing to do this for the Lord. So, so I love that. Um, I want to go back and unpack a couple of things before we wrap it up here. You talked about pride, rejection, and validation in your own life as some things that you've had to overcome. 
Um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly if you said it was based on the pandemic or those were just ongoing issues for you. But can you talk a little bit about that, starting with pride? Yeah, so they were just overall issues that um, I had learned or that really showed up in my business as I was looking for ways to grow in my business. I was trying to figure out why was I stuck. The, what the pandemic did for me is it it was kind of like, if I can use it this way, it was my reward to self-examining and moving past. So me being able to catapult in, during the pandemic was simply because I decided to remove the layers um, with pride. And, I, and I, I share this story because we think of pride as arrogant, you know, yeah. having all the answers or just being boastful within oneself. But when I struggle with pride, it was because I've been working since I was 14 years old. You know, I've been taking care of myself financially since I was 14 years old. And so I've always been taught to figure it out. That's something that my mom instilled in me. You know, you don't wait for anybody to give you anything. Yeah. You go out and you figure it out. And so that was my mindset from 14 all the way through, believing that if I can't make my business succeed, no one can. So I need to figure it out. So whether or not I go through Google University or I go through mm -hmm. YouTube University, yeah. I need to figure it out. And so I learned that with that type of mentality, I was really closing myself off on an isolated island and it wasn't working. And so the moment that I said, okay, Lord, what's stopping me? He said, listen, I know I've made you fearfully and wonderful in my image. He said, but I've also put people out here to help you. You need to ask for help. So <laughs> and help. so oh, in I that moment, Yes. So in that moment is where now I have no problem. Like, excuse me, um, you know how to do this? Can you come do this for me? Before it was, I could figure it out. I got this. That gave me, and it's so funny. I always talk about the, you know, the independent woman era, you know, when Destiny's Child yeah. and um, what was the rapper? I um, can't even think Are you of thinking about like, uh, I don't know if you're thinking like TLC, um, they when he spelled out the independent, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that. One. <laughs> anyway, I know what I know what song so, you're talking about vaguely, but I can't think of like, yeah, I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Anyway, I was a product of that era, right? So I was that, you know, all oh, the women is independent. Yeah. I thought that that was cool. I thought that that's oh, what that's you were supposed to be. And yeah, that's when you're operating in business, you know, independency is not what gets you to success. And so that pride, I had to check that at the door before I was able to move through the doors that God had for me. So we got to get out of our own way sometimes. And sometimes when you think you Superman, Superwoman, and you could do anything, we all need a little help. And even if I'm being honest, right, you, you just talked about that, right? We didn't even talk about this. But as I think about it, I just share with everybody the the thing I'm doing on coffee.com, ko-fi.com, uh, search Inspire Guys People or slash Inspire Guys People, um, or just email me and I'll send you the link. Toy, you know how tough it was for me to create that? Like, I've been doing this show um, for two years now. October 10th is two years. So if you're listening to this show, by wow, October congratulations. 10th. Yeah, next that's actually next week from the time of this recording, but um October 10th is 2 years. I've never 
Um, I didn't even do, and you know this, I haven't even started doing advertising yet um, because I'm just very, I want to be very clear on how I charge for anything or what the value of this show is um, and how we quantify that. I've never asked for anything. Um, I've given, you know, over a hundred episodes um, of my time, my effort, my energy. And, um, yeah. you know, I take pride in that. I do. I take pride in the fact that I'm not some person out here that's just looking for money from people or, you know, whatever. And then, and then people started donating. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what do I do? And if I'm being honest, I was even uncomfortable with the last donation I got. But mm -hmm. not at any fault of the person, but because of what you're talking about getting over that pride within myself of like, okay. And I told myself, I'm like, Jermaine, people give to things they want to support and believe in. Like, Absolutely. this is not, don't make it about you. Cause that's prideful. If I'm being honest, sometimes you can be, be thinking you're being humble, but really you're being prideful. Like, no, nah, bro, you not oh. humble for telling somebody they can't donate to your, your uh, vision. That's selfish. Yep. And, and you can be blocking someone else's blessing. God could have told them to sow, you know, or to give. And it's because to give. you're not receptive of it, yeah, you know, so. Absolutely. It's better to give. It, you, someone has to receive it. And, and again, because I've given content for two years, I mean, this isn't free. I've paid for equipment. I've done so much over the course of two years, not to pat myself on the back in that way. So many people have contributed, Lavelle, yourself, Meech. I've had so many people on the show. Um, I don't want to start naming people, but my point is, um, and shout out to my wife for um, allowing me, um, you know, sharing me and, and giving, you know, allowing me to give my time. But my point is, like you saying, I, I've given to the people and God might have used that to bless someone. And I can't be so arrogant that I can't receive something for what God has put me in position to do. And if I'm being honest, I do have a vision. And, and the other thing real quick before I have you talk about rejection, and I know we got to get out of here, but like what this has allowed me to do as well is sharpen my vision, like we saying, because it forced me because I want to do it in a legit official way. It forced me to have structure around the donations and you could see exactly how much money I'm asking for, for a certain cause or what I'm doing. Um, and that goes into what we're talking about. So anyway, my bad. Really quickly, let's no, go ahead. It's okay. Really quickly with the pride thing. Something that I've noticed as well with the whole money mindset is we are conditioned to, um, we're conditioned to working hard for what we receive. So with you, yeah. it's like, this isn't work to you. So it's kind of like, well, of course, let's, you put in the time. And no, the I know what you're saying. I know what you love saying. to do. So when you receive a donation for it, you feel, it makes you feel a certain kind of way because you didn't, what did I do to earn this? Like I, in my mind, you make money by working extremely hard to get what you need. Yeah. And when I tell you that I'm starting to, you know, release this type of limited thinking on money because it helps. Like you said, you have a, there's a bigger vision that God has given you. Well, how do you expect for this vision to be funded? You know, he's not expecting for Jay to do it all by himself, 
But of course, there are certain layers and levels that we have to go through as entrepreneurs for us to walk into their realization. It's like the person who, you know, a complimental jacket. And you'd be like, oh, this jacket? I got this jacket for $5 at the store. Yeah. Like, what was the point of that, right? But because we have this, this way of thinking about money, not wanting to be prideful, not wanting to, you know, we want people to know that we built this. It's just it's a certain kind humility. of shift. Yes, because absolutely. Because like you said, with the with the jacket, sometimes we just got to take it. Take the compliment. Just, just say thank you. Yep. Like, don't try to yep. look. And I'm going to say this because I, I believe it's going to help somebody because it's helping me. Don't try to dumb yourself down. Like, because because I'm just being real. There have been times in my life where, um, again, I've been fake, have fake humility, not saying I was trying to be fake. But when I think about it, it's a fake version of humility. Because it really is a sense of pride. And it's also a lesser than mindset. This lesser yeah, than absolutely. mindset of like, I have to be like, just beaten, battered and bruised before I make $10. Like if, if basically, if I don't feel like I'm tired and worn out, then I don't think I deserve it. But no, it's about valuing your time, your effort. Like you said, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you the hundreds of hours I've put into Inspire God's People. I've put hundreds of hours into this show, um, whether it be the studying, the production, the recording, the guests, the booking, all of the things that go into it. And so you're right. There, there is a sense of like when someone donates something, you feel like, oh, what did I do for that? But really you have and you don't have to have this lesser than mindset. Neither do you have to um, explain it away. Just receive it. So, no, that's good. Um, So. Rejection. We can we can do rejection and validation quicker. I'm not going to hold you too long, too much longer, but I do at least want to touch on those two points. OK, we're good. We're good. So with rejection, it's it's funny how we don't when you're in business, you automatically, you know, relate things to the present time. So if you're lacking sales, you may think that, you know, maybe something in your sales pitch, it may be something going with your, um, you know, with your marketing, it may be something going on with you personally, but you don't ever equate areas like sales, areas like marketing, you know, being stuck in marketing with things that may have maybe embedded into your subconscious. And so when I talk about rejection, as a child, I was rejected a lot. You know, I was rejected by family members. I felt rejected by peers. You know, a big, a, a huge space of rejection that I had to, you know, get through was with my father. And so when I started my business, I had this thing with sales. I had this issue with presenting my business with, to people because, of course, I wasn't confident in my content, but because I was afraid of rejection. And so when I sat down to really remove some of those layers and really identify what was what's been my my holdup, I pulled this stuff out from when I was six or seven years old. Yeah. And so when people feel like they're having that there are roadblocks in their business, I always say, let's do some internal deep diving before we start trying to move systems around, because it may not be the systems that aren't working. It may be your inability to believe in those systems. And so yeah. rejection, you know, that was really huge for me because what I do, you know, in the coaching industry, 
when I tell you that we build our businesses on straight faith and confidence, <laughs> like that's what we do. And so when you struggle in certain areas like rejection, you'll find that it'll show up again in your business. You know what? And when you struggle with rejection, you will never see an opportunity in a problem. You see a problem as actually um, affirming the rejection that you already struggling with. So yep. it's like, yep, see, there it is again. This there is what go. I told you. Absolutely. I told y'all I want. And then you start feeling like this can't happen for me. And, and you said something important. You identified the source of your rejection. This is something yeah. so important to me. Um, I was actually just talking to someone today. And when I'm, whenever people ask me, actually it's been probably a couple people this in the last couple of days, when people ask me a question or the listeners, when they reach out to me, um, a lot of times, you know, people want like clear cut answers. And most of the time I, I respond in questions because what I'm trying to do is what you just did. Identify the source, because if we start giving you things to do, but we have no idea what's causing it. That's not a real solution. So you just help me. When I think about rejection, I've never even thought about this this way until right now. And after hearing you talk in the ways that in my life where I've struggled with rejection, I think it mostly, mostly the source is when I played basketball in high school. Mm -hmm. Because when I was cut from that team, it never made sense for me to me. In 11th grade, 12th grade, I kind of quit. I talked about that on the show. But my source of rejection is that was the first time in my life from a basketball standpoint that I felt like I was just as good or better than a lot of the people. Not better than everybody, but I was definitely good mm -hmm. enough to be on the team. Um, but that was the first time in my life that the coach didn't see it that way. And I didn't understand why. And I felt rejected. Because I saw people that I was better than get accepted. And when I think about what that did, it sent me on a certain path of feeling like, all right, here's what it did. It was the first time in my life that I could remember looking at other people. And what I mean by that is like whenever you, when you're on a basketball team and you get cut and 15 other people make it, you're looking at them and comparing yourself now. And you're like, wait a minute, what what do he got that I don't like? What do he do that I don't do? Absolutely. And that mm -hmm. is where where I kind of track back a sense of rejection whenever I struggle with that. I really think it comes from that experience. It sparked something in my life um, and created some emotions um, that, you know, that I struggle with at different areas and different points in my life. And I always encourage, you know, the, when, when, I'm, when I'm helping my coaches identify their niche, this is what coaching is for number one. It's learning how to ask the right questions so that your client or the person that you're working with can really um, identify their own solution. What I've learned is I can, listen, I can have a conversation with you and I can hear the problem and I can hear the source. But if I tell you it's something different than the way that you receive it versus when you, you kind of like, uh, you know, identify yourself. So asking those type of questions is how we're able to support our clients and how we're able to move through. So I've told you before, coaching is all up in you. You just gotta, you know, be obedient. <laughs> I, and be I feel you. But anyway, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I digress. You. 
But when it comes to, you know, rejection, one of the things that I help the client do is detach the emotion, right? Because what we do is, is we're rejected and we feel we connect those experiences to different emotions. So now in your business, when someone brings up that similar feeling, you automatically, automatically connect that emotion to that experience in your past. Yeah. And so now instead of you looking at this emotion and saying, I'm sad, not because you told me, no, I'm sad because maybe, you know, I had a higher belief in what was going to happen or whatever the case may be, but without always connecting it to your past. Once I was able to do that and start realizing that, listen, when people tell me, no, it's not because my content isn't quality. It's not because I'm not good at what I do. It's because they're not my ideal client. <laughs> and so yeah. when I started to tell myself that, everything, be I was able to release myself from those emotions and those experiences. And so rejection for me was huge. And sometimes rejection is an opportunity. And you, you said something real dope, like, it's not a finality to people rejecting you. Um, and you know what? It's not always personal. And I'm helping myself right now because what I just realized was the reason I take any level of rejection super personal is because of what you just said. The emotion that I'm connecting it to with basketball was personal for me. Yeah. Like I, that, that was a personal feeling situation. And so now, whenever I sense that, it feels personal. And so to your point, you know, now by the grace of God, I, I haven't allowed that to stop me. And I never would. Working, working in sales has helped me, actually, um, over the last, what, 14 years that I've worked in sales. Um, it helps you I'm because sure it you. Yeah. in sales, the, the success rate is really about 30% if you're a good salesman. If you're a great one, really, it's 30%. So you got to get used to hearing no seven out of 10 times before you find, um, the right opportunity. And, and so that, that has definitely helped me, but I love, I just love the way you broke that down of like, look, rejection is not final unless it's from God. And so when people, when people tell, you no, when people say, look, Netflix was rejected by Blockbuster, they were laughed at and look okay. where they are today. So don't let today's rejection stop you from tomorrow's success. And also see that sometimes rejection is pr God protecting you from something that he never intended for you to have anyway. Anyway. L last I, but not least. Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say I always connect no to new opportunity. So if someone tells me no, then it just created a new opportunity for, e for me to either pursue another client or for me to create new content. I just constantly keep, um, you know, telling myself something so that I don't fall into that victim or fall into that emotional place where it'll make me feel defeated. That's a dangerous place to be, man. A victim mentality. I'm sorry, regardless of what we're talking about. Um, it's a dangerous place to allow yourself um, to be at the mercy of other people. If you could do anything about putting yourself in a different situation, I would urge you to do so. Um, Absolutely. lastly, let's talk about validation and how that impacted your life. So this is one of the reasons actually why I started the, started my niche certification program for Christian female startup coaches. I started this program because 
when I first started coaching, I had no idea what a coach was. <laughs> I'll never forget very clear. The Holy Spirit told me I was a vision coach. He told me that I would be the coach of coaches, of many coaches. I had to go research what a coach was. I'm like, is this like one of the people that show up on Oprah and sit on the couch and try to dissect their life? Like, what is a coach, right? I was super turned off because I just felt like that wasn't good enough. And so I had to figure out, okay, who can support me in building my coaching business in my own lane? I couldn't find anyone. Of course, we learned about life coaches, business coaches, but no one who will really support me in the lane that God had called me to. So I created this program for that to help validate those who God has called, you know, called coaches to a specific lane to really help you monetize in that lane. Well, I saw or recognized that I had this issue with validation, and this was after I started the program. I noticed that I was having this issue with validation because, again, going back to my childhood, going back to the root, how I was never confirmed in my value. I was never validated in in my value and my worth. So I wasn't I was I was a great student. I was an A student, but it was it was expected of me. So when I came home with all A's, it was like, you know, why am I congratulating you for something you're supposed to do? Yeah. Versus a parent saying, Good job, you know, you're amazing, you're smart. I never received those type of accolades. So when I was doing good things or things that I thought that were remarkable I didn't have anybody there to really validate that worth and that value that I was looking for. And so when I started the new certification program, I'm like, why, why do I feel like I need this validation? The validation is what increases your confidence. And so people say, you know, you don't need anybody to validate you, but God, which is true, but we're still natural. We're still human. We yeah. still want to know that somebody believes in us. And so after I had to really flush through my insecurities, you know, my low confidence, my lack of confidence and low self-esteem, then I was able to really see the value in what I did. And I, I laugh about it because I know people don't think that it requires all of that. You know, it doesn't take all of that. But when you're teaching from a place of authenticity, you want to make sure that you're delivering at your greatest potential. And if there are still roadblocks and there's still things that you're suffering from, how can you deliver quality results if you're still fighting in certain areas? How can I be, you know, your money coach if I can't budget my own finances? How can I be your relationship coach if I suck in my own relationships? So that was the area where I had to really you know, gain confidence in what God had called me to do. I had to really, you know, eliminate and remove all of the the bad things that were said to me in my childhood and even in my adulthood that would make me feel like I wasn't valuable enough to build a business and exchange profit for transformation. So that whole validation um, piece was really an internal development process that I had to work on myself so that I can start valuing who I was and what God created me to do. Yeah, so it's almost like you had to validate yourself, you saying. Like, yeah, you absolutely. weren't you weren't validating. And I, I agree with that. I think that's important, um, you know, to see yourself as something before you become it. And a lot of times you're the person holding you back. Your mentality, you are. And what's happening is, like, because to your point, right, it's a cliche. We could say, oh, I only need God to validate me. But God put you mm-hmm. on earth with seven billion other people. 
And Absolutely. so there are some natural experiences that happen here on earth that are going to impact you. Imagine a, a five-year-old kid. They need validation from their mother and father. Like that's going to impact them. So we don't have to lie to ourselves and act like we're not impacted by things. But I will say this. Some of us allow the wrong people to validate us. I think validation yeah. is about assignment. It's about, it's almost like this. Only one other person has keys to my house. That's my wife. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I trust you with the key to my house, that's really, really saying something, right? Everybody can't get it. That's how we should treat validation. Validation should be like a key to your house. Whoever you give that assignment and the ability to validate you should be someone that you trust and that matters. And I think so many times what happens to us is that we're validated. And I've been here like this is something I've struggled with as well, like allowing allowing yourself to care about things or people who don't matter. And when I say people don't matter, I mean as relevant to your life or situation. And that's something I've had to get through through the years of like getting to a place where my focus is God, my wife, like family, and then like creating a community like God's people in this show. Like th this is a community that matters, but I've been on Facebook for two months because I just really realized why am I giving people on social media the keys to validate anything that I'm doing? I don't need that. And not yeah. saying I'll never get on Facebook again or is something wrong with being on Facebook. But for me, it's like prioritizing things that matter. Absolutely. I think that what we have to, and what to your point is, really realize what validation requires. So I'm, I'm more so, you know, the one to believe that you, the validation comes in your process. Uh, someone coming on to, you know, like what you said or repost what you said, that's not, that doesn't mean truth. You know, right. that doesn't mean that what you're saying is right. <laughs> that doesn't mean that what you're saying even makes sense. But the process of validation requires proning. The process of, of um, validation requires research, study, prayer. And so once you allow yourself to go through that type of process, and one of my favorite scriptures is about, you know, endurance, how, you know, things may not happen when you, and I'm super paraphrasing this, but things may not happen when you, as soon as you pray for them, but if you be patient. That's when you start building character. When that's when you start, you know, building endurance. And it's the same thing in the process of validation. Once you decide, okay, this is who I want to become. This is who I know that God has called me to be. There's a process that you need to go through, pruning who you want to work, really, you know, separating your emotions and your feelings so that you can hear and see clearly. And in this process, it's not more so you validating yourself, but because you're walking into the newness of Christ, it's validating. Yeah. If that makes, you know, any kind of sense. It's almost it's, like the scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you it, uh, the desires it. of your heart. Like Perfect you're delighting. Yep. We're delighting. We're aligning ourselves with the Lord. So that's what validates it because not because I'm creating my own standard of validation, but because based on me focusing and aligning myself with the Lord, I'm happy you said that, that that really clarifies what I was trying to say earlier about self-validation, which is like, if I'm following the will of the Lord and I'm following his purpose, why would I allow people outside of that to validate me 
versus being mm-hmm. validated and approving myself, giving myself the freedom to do what God has called me to do. Because oftentimes we are the one holding ourselves back. And I, I this is the last thing I'll say. Like, I was thinking about discipline today. And I'm like, man, discipline is the difference between winning and losing. And, and the thought that came was like, what happens is discipline over a course of time. So what happens with some of us is we do the right thing for a short amount of time and we expect a result. And if mm-hmm. we don't get a result in a short amount of time, we revert back to That's our right. old ways. But mm-hmm. discipline is what allows you to continue to do the right thing, even in the midst of problems, even mm-hmm. in the midst of ups and downs. And what happens based on like what you said earlier with your story about your office, if you could keep the discipline to get through the ups and the downs, eventually those problems will create opportunities. And you through that discipline over a course of time will have developed character, integrity, a new skill set, a new mindset, and you will then be prepared for every opportunity created from the problems you sustain. And I, and I think that in order for you to endure that process, that discipline is changing your perspective. When we, like you just said, you know, we'll, not eat bread, you know, not no carbs for two weeks because we have a goal. Yeah. Well, if you start celebrating small victories, and this is, this is, I'm, listen, I'm not just teaching and talking to, you know, the listeners. I'm talking about myself as well. Yeah. I had to start celebrating small victories. We look so much for the bigger goal. When I not eat, you know, when I stop eating carbs for four weeks, then I'll lose five pounds. How about I celebrate that I went the full day today and didn't touch my raisin bread that yes. I absolutely love to eat. <laughs> right. Right. And so that's where that's where discipline should be celebrated, not necessarily at the reward, because when we wait for the reward, it's like dragging. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get to this point. And then we think that we're supposed to stop. But if I say today I broke free from something that was keeping me from my goal. Today, I transformed into somebody that I'm, I'm trying to be something new. This is about that perspective shifting. We have to learn how to look at our journey, our process through a different lens. We are so conditioned to look at how social media tells us to live, how the media, the news media tells us to live, how people tell us to live, that we completely omit our personal processes and our personal journey. And so with this in particular, in order for you to get to that place of discipline, let's even let's celebrate the fact that you realize that you're not disciplined. You know, that yeah. self-examination alone can really help open your eyes to new things. So, you know, just to encourage, you know, those out there who if you have if you've been gone, if you've gone through the pandemic and you're trying to figure out what's next. You're trying to figure out how can you, you know, take your business, move your business to that next level. How can you, what can you do? I would encourage you to really sit down and examine, examine yourself before you create a solution, a product or service to try to help someone else. In your self-examination, when I teach the clients, the uh, coaches, how to identify their ideal client, I tell them to look at themselves first. Because when we're talking about the psychographics and the behaviors and the beliefs of our ideal client, guess what? There are pieces of you or who you once were in them. But if you're not willing to look at yourself to identify 
the behaviors of what that problem created, you'll never reach your ideal client. I love it. Thank you so much, Toya. This was this was super dope. Always a pleasure to kick it with you. Uh, we have such good conversations about you know faith in business. So um, anybody that wants to contact you, can you tell them your contact information, whether it be your email or your uh, website, social media, whatever you want to share with the people so they can check you out? Absolutely. Listen, I love, love, love connecting with aspiring and growing coaches. I am a vision coach and I do support Christian female startup coaches with helping you start, grow and monetize your coaching business in your niche. So I would love to connect with you via social media at Latoya Early. If you are looking for any content, Jay has already shared with you to reach out to him and you will definitely receive some good content on um, how to identify areas in your business that's preventing you from selling your coaching program. I'm also offering a free bonus training for anyone who's interested. You can visit CoachLatoya.com forward slash free training and you can definitely register for my upcoming bonus training for free. CoachLatoya.com slash free training. That's it. Y'all check that out. It'll be in the description of the show as well as everything else. Always, you can email me, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com if you want the PDF for five reasons your coaching program isn't selling or if you just want to tell us how you feel about this show and this conversation. Latoya, thank you so much. Love you. Have a beautiful day. And uh, it's always great to have you on the show. We got to have you back again. Absolutely. Be blessed. All right. Guys, people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you can hear the show every single week. Also, you can find us at inspireguyspeople.com. Hit the drop down box and select podcast. Yo, email me, Music at gmail.com. Tell me what you think about the show. What type of topics and interviews do you want to hear next? And always remember, if you don't like me, just act like you like me. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.